right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. I am your co-host, dutifully uh, and cheerfully. You guys know me, Bryce Paul. You guys also know my notorious co-host, Brendan Veeman. Brendan, how are you doing today, man? I am doing good. What's up, everybody? You know, we're seeing a lot of life in the crypto markets right now, Bryce. I don't know about you, but I am riled up and I am excited. I'm making it all the most excited I've been in a long time because it's October and we are we're feeling the effects of it. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's it's crazy because everybody was talking about October. You know, it's always on record as one of the best months in crypto's market. And then we just were dragging and dragging for the first what two weeks. Finally, over this past weekend, um, you know, we we just saw a tremendous uh, bid in the market, and, and we're excited. Um, clearly. Uh, it's a builder's market still, um, and that's why we have a builder with us today who we're going to introduce. But maybe the uh, the speculation will return here to the market as, as the bull unfolds. But um, we're all always excited through the bear and through the bull. And uh, we, we don't like to call it bear markets. We like to call them builder's markets because this is when the actual real stuff gets done. This is when nobody's really paying attention and everybody's stopped calling you and texting you to hear about the latest price of Bitcoin. But the real, you know, crypto aficionados and the real builders stick around and they build what ends up being the infrastructure for the future. So we have joining us a very special guest, Matt Bell, who is the CEO of TurboFish. So, Matt, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have. And it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Yeah. We're, we're really excited. Uh, how do you feel? Are you, are you feeling excited or are you just, you know, you don't even check price charts? What do you think? <laughs> I check a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've been in the builder's market. I've just been building and not checking. <laughs> but then now, you know, it feels good when you have a chance to like, okay, now I want to check it because I'm going to look and see a bunch of green <laughs> on coin market cap and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Just like we yeah, have Bitcoin right now. It's up. 
five percent in the last 24 hours that's pretty good like that's that feels good i mean you make a good point because there are times in the market where we are checking our phone. I find myself opening up the TradingView app just to close it and then open it back up and then close it and then open it back right. up. Like it's a social media like page. You're an addict. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's the same hit of dopamine as social media. It's just like you refresh. <laughs> you're like, oh, my bags went up a little bit. So that's good. <laughs> and, then there's, and then there's other times where I'm like, I do not want to look at the market. I am deleting my TradingView app and yep. I'll look at it next month. And, uh, you know, luckily we're on the first scenario where now I'm constantly refreshing my feed and I'm just excited to be a part of it. <laughs> just happy to be here, right? Well, yeah. Matt, let's let's dive into a, a little bit about your background um, prior to you know founding TurboFish, and, and we'll get into that and all the amazing things you're building um, there. But but what were you kind of doing before, and how did you find your way into the blockchain and the crypto markets? Yeah, so it's been a long time now. Uh, like I got into the industry just sort of on accident like I was just interested in Bitcoin in like 2012 just learning about it and like wow this is a really cool thing and back then it was such a small world like you know like a subreddit with like you know a few thousand people basically and it was <laughs> yeah, just like was a small community and just like in yeah Bitcoin was like one dollar back then or something just like in all these different chat rooms talking about this stuff and I never really thought like oh, this is going to be something that like I should invest in that's going to grow a lot. It was just for me, it was like, this is some cool, fun, little like niche technology, you know, and it's interesting to me. And so I was interested in it. Then I just sort of, you know, there were some companies in the space that had raised money and stuff. So I like started working in that world, you know, and then it's just sort of stuck. And now it's been a decade of working in the industry and at, you know, all these different projects and, uh, seeing it evolve and it's gone way farther than I ever thought it could. It's exciting. And and kind of, you know, what made you decide of all the companies you could found and work on, you know, what was it about TurboFish that really made you uh, land on that? Yeah, so at TurboFish, we're just focused on, you know, we've seen the trends come and go in like, uh, you know, how things are built, the different engineering, the different platforms people have built on. And uh, we think we have, you know, a, a special take on how to build things the right way, sort of how to get the core engineering really right to build everything, how it will, you know, how it will last. Like all the, if you think of all the crypto and blockchain products people will use in the future, you know, that'll support billions of users. Uh, we just really want to build that rather than, you know, there's been so many platforms that are just sort of like the transitions to get us there, but we really want to build the future of this technology. And what is it that you're building at TurboFish specifically? Yeah, so our focus right now is uh, we're founding a protocol called Nomic, and Nomic basically brings Bitcoin to Cosmos and, you know, and beyond. And um, it's it's just sort of, you know, if you look at Bitcoin, it's been the strongest crypto asset all this time. You know, it's the first one, but it's always been the biggest. Even right now, it's mm -hmm. bigger than all other crypto combined, which is pretty amazing. It and, is crazy. <laughs> but if you think about it, everyone, like so many people own Bitcoin, but it's just sitting there in their wallets, not doing anything. But in recent years, people have built all these cool newer platforms that have, you know, DeFi and all these cool new things you can do. 
and uh you know but the liquidity and the value of bitcoin is has sort of just been separate from that so the goal we're trying to achieve in uh in building nomic is bringing bitcoin into the DeFi world and uh yeah we're starting with cosmos for that so you'll be able to move bitcoin through nomic into any cosmos chain uh really easily like you'll be able to just go to osmosis for instance uh and like click a button like you just click deposit you get a bitcoin address you send to that and then it's in you know, your bitcoin is in osmosis so yeah so this is really all about empowering these everyday users i mean like you said bitcoin's the largest cryptocurrency it's probably the most held cryptocurrency as well because of that reason and so you know this gets me thinking if people have more of a reason to transact bitcoin and move it around and be active this would probably increase not only volume, but liquidity as well. Is that right? Definitely, yeah. So there's like, you know, if you think of liquidity as just like moving capital into some system or some market, you know, if it's just, if the Bitcoin, you know, it already has so much value, but it's not doing anything, why not move it into DeFi, earn a little bit of yield or whatever mm -hmm. you want to do with it. Uh, so yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, just if you go back and you look at the Ethereum 2.0 launch, people were really excited about just the concept of being able to stake and unstake Ethereum. I mean, it brought a ton of additional volume and activity and all sorts of things. So if we kind of open those flood doors to something that is as large as Bitcoin, it, you know, I guess we'll let the mind, uh, the, the curiosity expand there, but it, it has a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Um, but is this something uh, that's different than um, like wrapped Bitcoin? Um, I know, you know, people have been using WBTC on Ethereum for quite some time. You know, is how, how different or how similar is it to that model? Yeah, that's a good question. So with Nomic, you have NBTC and uh, the comparison with WBTC is like we really want it to be used everywhere WBTC is used today, but WBTC it's it's held custodially. Like there's just one company called BitGo that's holding the Bitcoin. So if you hold WBTC, it's sort of just an IOU from them. You don't actually have Bitcoin. So it does give you price exposure to Bitcoin. Like if you're like, oh, the price of Bitcoin's going up, I want to hold this. Holding WBTC does solve that problem, but you now have this underlying risk of this one central institution that you just sort of have to, you have to trust that they, you know, really are going to hold that and that it's not going to be like an FTX sort of situation or something like that. Oh boy. <laughs> and right. And anytime uh, there's trust, also, it seems like it ends yeah, poorly. Right. That's like the whole point of crypto. Like that's like the first sentence in the Bitcoin white paper is like, we can build a system with no trusted intermediaries. You know, that's sort of the point, but like, just because Bitcoin, it, like, just so far nobody has built that, then people are just trusting BitGo to hold Bitcoin for WBTC. But then the other part, it's not just the risk and the trust, but uh, WBTC, it's not a permissionless network. So you have to be a merchant that's, like, signed up with them. Like, there's just a list of companies that are partnered with them, and those are the people who can move Bitcoin in and out of WBTC, as opposed to Nomic. You can just, you have Bitcoin in your wallet, you just send it in, now it's NBTC. Or you could go the other way around. If you have NBTC, you just withdraw, now it's back in your Bitcoin wallet. You know, do you think that a a 
Bitcoin-centric Cosmos could eventually rival Ethereum? Yeah, I think that can make a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of people in Cosmos that are really excited about Bitcoin. And uh, like I know Ethan Buckman, one of the founders of Cosmos, he said at points that everyone in Cosmos is just a closet Bitcoin maximalist. And I think that might be kind of true. There's like a lot of people that are just sort of like, you know, I think a lot of us, I was an early employee at Cosmos, Cosmos too, by the way. So like, this oh, is an ecosystem okay. that I've just, both me and my co-founder Judd Keppel, I think, you know, this is just an ecosystem that uh, is very near and dear to us. So we know a lot of the people and um, it's, yeah, there's just sort of a lot of people got into crypto early on because of Bitcoin. And so... We're all just builders, you know, building our own new cool things. But I think so many people in Cosmos, like, would love to see Cosmos flourish around Bitcoin. And I really do think it could do that. Yeah. And since we have um, kind of a Cosmos, um, you know, expert here on the show, we, we would actually love just a little bit of background on Cosmos. Um, I think people, if you haven't heard of Cosmos, maybe you've seen the ticker um, ATOM. That's the Atom token, um, which is associated with the network. You know, what is it and why has it become, um, you know, top 100 here on the crypto coin market cap? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, so the interesting part of Cosmos is it's different than if you look at any of the other like L1 projects in crypto. So there's obviously Ethereum, there's, you know, Solana, there's, you know, all those sort of comparable platforms like that. Those are all monolithic blockchains. Like it's one big blockchain where people who want to build on top, they're now like, you know, submitting their smart contract and uh, it's sort of, they don't really get to decide how it runs. They're sort of just putting their piece on top of someone else's big platform. As opposed to Cosmos, Cosmos is really just essentially a toolkit that lets projects build their own chain instead, but also with a protocol to let all the chains talk to each other. So mm. there's a lot more sovereignty where a project can sort of build however they want it to be and then they still get the ecosystem because you can move tokens onto any other chain and interact with all these other projects. So that's sort of the fundamental difference. That's sort of the Cosmos vision is to have every blockchain talk to every other blockchain as opposed to all these different siloed ecosystems. And so, uh, yeah, there's the Atom token in Cosmos, but really, since it's many separate individual projects, not everything necessarily uses that in Cosmos. It's not like Ethereum where every mm. transaction in Ethereum, you're going to have to pay ETH as the fee 
Well, in Cosmos, you might be on some completely separate chain that just has nothing to do with Atom, has nothing, you know, it might just have its own token, and that's pretty common. Uh, so it's just sort of a different model, and uh, it's proven to have, you know, really good tech, and it's the cool part is all these projects can really build themselves how they want to, and so there's the Cosmos SDK, which is this toolkit for developers to build a chain using these tools, but we at TurboFish, we've built our own separate stack to build everything from the ground up with like a completely different code base. And it still works with all these other Cosmos chains, which is really cool. So ours is called Orga and it's built in Rust and we've made it like really fast, uh, can process tons of transactions per second. And it's also even really easy to use as developers where you can write really cool things in a very small amount of code. So we're really excited about the tools we've built and uh, that's what Nomic is built on top of. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And and if we kind of take a look and we zoom out, um, you know, Cosmos is is handling a very interesting issue, which is that um, all of these different uh, blockchains, like you mentioned, are are all siloed, right? That you know, blockchain on uh, or sorry, Bitcoin uh, can't talk to Ethereum without kind of some custodial bridge. Polkadot can't talk to Cosmos, etc. Um, and so. You know, if we kind of take a look at, you know, the reason that Bitcoin is not used very widely in DeFi, um, do you think it's that it's that very nature? Like, you know, the fact that if you already use Bitcoin right now in DeFi, there needs to be some element of trust, because for some reason there is no DeFi sort of applications that are that are really active on on the Bitcoin network. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, doing it with trust is just sort of like the shortcut like easy stopgap that has happened so far but this is really what nomic is trying to achieve is solving that exact problem right there and moving bitcoin to everywhere in DeFi, including ethereum and everywhere else you might want to use it with very minimal trust you know and so mm -hmm. uh i really do think it's possible bitcoin is obviously harder to work with it's not like you just deploy some smart contracts and it goes you sort of have to really know the ins and outs of the protocol but uh nomic really does use every available feature of bitcoin it's really tightly integrated with how bitcoin works and uh it really does solve that problem let you move bitcoin anywhere starting with as of the interchain upgrade that nomic will be deploying in a week so on uh october 30th it will be everywhere in cosmos you're able to move bitcoin anywhere in cosmos and how would that work um do you do like you know kind of walk us through that yeah so from the user's perspective it's really yeah. easy it's really simple it's like you're just on osmosis you hit deposit you see a bitcoin address and you send to it and then it shows up in your osmosis account as nbtc and mm -hmm. uh behind the scenes like under the hood what's happening is that Bitcoin address, really it represents this special script on Bitcoin that secures the funds by Nomic and uh, automatically forwards it over IBC, which is the Cosmos protocol that lets any chain talk to any other chain. It's inner blockchain communication. So you send that Bitcoin address, it's in the bridge, and then it forwards the Bitcoin over IBC to the chain where you wanted it to go. 
but from the user's perspective it's not like you really even have to know about what's happening it's like sort of invisible it's sort of just you know you send bitcoin to an address and that's it it's one step so i'm curious you know let's say we're we're looking at the long picture you fulfill your goal of nbtc uh, what's next for you? Do you move on to another cryptocurrency? I guess, is there anything that comes to your mind or are you just really focused on NBTC right now? Yeah, there's tons of things that come to mind. So we're, you know, like having worked in this industry for so long, I feel like, you know, there's so many things that I wish to happen that I think, you know, just over the years will happen. But in the medium <laughs> term, like after NBTC is perfected, I picture like, building a lot of sort of Bitcoin native DeFi of, uh, you know, instead of just moving your Bitcoin to Ethereum and using it in DeFi there, having sort of going the other way and bringing the DeFi to Bitcoin rather than bringing Bitcoin to DeFi uh, mm. and building, you know, cool financial primitives that really are tightly integrated with Bitcoin. And so, for instance, just being able to like self-custody your Bitcoin, but like borrow dollars against it and get you know a dollar stable coin that's backed by bitcoin or uh you know things of that nature so yeah i mean definitely and this is uh i find this as a super interesting project because it's addressing a like there's a lot of projects out there where we just have 10 projects doing the same thing but this isn't one of those instances like you're doing a very niche thing but it it makes sense as you're walking us through it but i guess I, i'm kind of curious as someone who's a little bit of a marketing background like how do you get the word out for something like this? Like, how do you look at promoting adoption for something that is, I guess, as niche as this? So, I mean, it's just interesting that you say niche because, yeah, it's the Bitcoin niche, but Bitcoin, you know, it's a $600 billion asset. So it, it, if it's a niche, like if we're able to be successful in that niche, it is a large market. And uh, I think there's very proven demand for DeFi and just finance in for Bitcoin. Uh, just looking at, you know, the Ethereum TVL, like the total value locked in Ethereum, there's $20 billion worth right now, but WBTC, it's $5 billion. And so you could say that's only a quarter, but if you look at it through the lens of, uh, you know, that's a very non-native asset and it's you're, you're having to accept all this risk because there's a custodian, but that many people still want to use it as opposed to ETH, which is like the native asset for the platform. I think if you could get Bitcoin as the native asset for a DeFi platform, then people really do want to use that. And then there's also all the centralized platforms people have used. There was like BlockFi and Celsius and all those things. And those held, you know, tens of billions of dollars in value themselves. But it just turned out, you know, since there were central custodians and all this risk, you know, they kind of fell apart but it shows that people really do want to be earning yield with their Bitcoin or doing cool finance things with it. And uh, I don't know. So I think that niche already is very large and like there is demand for that. And right now it's just sort of unserved where there's no product that really offers that right now where you're not like taking on all this risk. And so I think uh, getting the word out, you know, I think people are sort of already looking for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. When you talk to people, I mean, number one, who doesn't want to earn a yield, right? Uh, I, I've talked to even 
my parents and I would say anyone that's even on like the older side or anyone that's not even like that doesn't live in crypto. Like we all live in crypto. We're probably looking at the markets 12 hours a day, whether it's charts or news or, or developing or something like that. Um, but for the average person, like a lot of people out there don't know that they can earn yield on their crypto, even on things as simple as like Ethereum or Cosmos. They go, oh, you can earn a yield on that, you know, let alone Bitcoin. And you're right. Like Bitcoin has this massive market cap. It has this massive audience base. And if you're going to tell those people, hey, you can earn a yield on your Bitcoin, you can use it for all these different purposes now. I think that kind of blow a lot of people's minds. And like, again, who wouldn't be interested and maybe getting a little bit more because what that does is that compounds over time, right? You know, maybe you'll get a couple percent on Bitcoin, but it's growing by X amount over the next, you know, one, five, 10 years. I think that is something that a lot of people are going to find interesting. Yeah. And I guess kind of to follow up on that, what are, what are some of the like yield generating applications that we can pledge our NBTC to? Um, I know a lot of people in um, who are listeners are probably familiar with you know, maybe Aave or Compound or MakerDAO or, or some of these, you know, very classic uh, Ethereum uh, facilities. What sort of utilities and applications are, are big on Cosmos that people could kind of tinker around with and maybe um, earn some extra yield on or utilize? Yeah, that's a good question. There's, uh, you know, some of the equivalents of those things like Aave. Uh, so in the Cosmos world, there's well, there's the Kujira ecosystem. So that's sort of this cool project that has a lot of cool things you can do uh, where, you know, you'll be able to trade with leverage or like borrow against it to mint the USK stablecoin, all these things like that. But for a sort of low risk yield opportunity, there's uh, Mars protocol, which does lending similar to Aave and Compound and stuff. And then there's umi protocol which is also very similar so that's like just from day one that's like an easy way where like there's yield you just move your money in you're earning you know a little bit and mm -hmm. uh i think going beyond that to find better sources of yield uh you know we picture eventually like imagine this as a product like a yield aggregator kind of like yearn where it's sort of like you just move your money in and then there's this DAO managing it for you finding whatever the good yield opportunities are out there and uh you know yeah like I a think, like a yield aggregator exactly yeah i think yeah. you know over time we want to push things that way i think you know that's like the best user experience where you know, there's all these traders and these people that know how to direct the DAO to earn this yield. And like in return, they can sort of earn more than they would if they're just investing their own money. But then for some consumer that just like has, you know, they just want to passively earn yields, you know, you just move your money in and the machine does the work for you. But from day one, you know, there's like these lending protocols. But other than that, you'd have to sort of dig and search for you know these fun DeFi yield opportunities and if you can do that though you will be rewarded so yeah there's definitely a lot of um a lot of room for growth i think that's why a lot of people are invested in this market because hey if everything was already built there'd probably be no money to be made uh but the fact right. that things are still getting built and we are so new i mean the opportunity's rife um to really you know strike it big but one of the things i did want to ask about um, and I know you weren't affiliated with it, so you, you know you can't speak to the particulars. But I want to know 
um, you know, how can we as a cosmos ecosystem avoid another Luna catastrophe or something similar? Because that was, you know, a stable coin that was kind of built a little bit on cosmos. Um, you know, how can we avoid that? What were things that the cosmos ecosystem learned from that? Yeah, so that all came down to one main thing, which was just fundamentally algorithmic stable coins like that just aren't a strong design. Like, as opposed to, you know, there's other kinds of stable coins like MakerDAO and Ethereum, which Kujira, like I mentioned, has that same model where that is something that's strong because it's based on being over collateralized, where you have some asset and then that's like held by this network and then you have the stable coin but the stable coin is less value than the collateral and so mm -hmm. you're sort of guaranteed for that to be a sound system whereas terra and luna like it was trying to be like oh what if we just didn't have that much collateral we had tons of stable coin then it turns out like you know if if the price goes down a little bit then everyone gets scared and pulls out and the whole thing blows up and so that all just came down to the fundamental design. And mm. that's something that's maybe hard for people from the outside to know because, you know, when it was flying high, everyone was like, oh, this is great. Put all your money in this. Uh, but, you know, it just takes sort of like doing your own research and like looking into how these things work and sort of thinking about like, is this a sound design or not? Uh, I think the community has learned from that lesson a lot. And you know, people aren't really trying these risky things anymore. Everything is very safely collateralized. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think that these like DeFi applications, um, you know, as the cross-chain future kind of unfolds or the multi-chain future, um, do you think it will actually add a little bit more resilience to, to every application? Because now you know, the smart contract risk or the protocol risk kind of gets diffused across platforms as opposed to just being on one blockchain. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, yeah, part of that is there's so many choices. People are implementing things many different ways. And so the market can sort of just like look at all of that and see like what actually does make sense and what's sound and what's unsound. And hopefully the market, you know, is watching for all these different things like the different risks that everyone should be aware of so yeah i mean speaking of security i think one of the the questions at the front of everyone's mind is the topic of bridging which is something that nomic is definitely familiar with but when it comes to bridging btc with cosmos and all this stuff it's a little bit different right because i think one of the clear outlooks is that this isn't your average bridge where people I man i think there's a there's a cause to be you know, curious about the security of anything, but this is one of the more secure bridges. I'd love yeah, to we have heard about a lot of bridge hacks. I mean, you know, Wormhole or um, Nomad and, um, you know, all these other things that right. fail and stuff. So it's, it's a valid question for sure. Definitely, yeah. It's something we think about a lot and we make security our number one priority. Uh, but the nice thing from our position is that there is this past of all these projects where we can learn from their mistakes. And so we have a lot of mechanisms in Nomic where if these other projects had them, I don't think they would have had any issues. For example, there's a circuit breaker. So if all the funds were leaving the bridge at once, mm -hmm. the bridge will automatically just sort of put a halt on that where it'll be resumed 
but like there's time for the network to sort of assess what's going on. So if there was some hack, mm -hmm. instead of just like in one minute, the hacker's like in and then they've got all the funds, you know, there's just a fail safe mechanism where they, they wouldn't be able to do that. And, uh, I like, that's just one example. There's many different things where we've looked at all these issues that have happened in the past and made sure that those mistakes can't happen on Nomic. Uh, and yeah, I think over time, this is just sort of how technologies develop where in the beginning people haven't learned what all the different failure modes are. And then over time, you know, like in the beginning of airplanes and stuff, like it's not like they knew exactly how to do this. And sometimes planes could just like fall out of the sky or something, you know, <laughs> but like over time, yeah. it's just, we see how to build these things. The engineering gets better and, uh, everything, you know, will just get lower and lower risk over the years. So, and I think we've already made yeah, big what, what steps in we're, Nomic. We're all, um, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, right. Yeah. Basically, you know, we're, nobody's yes, developing in a vacuum. We're all kind of building on top of what somebody else built and iterating and learning from their failures. And that's right. the key, right? Learning. It's it's the natural process of any of any industry is learning from others people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's the most important thing that we can do as an industry and in making things right as we move forward. And Matt, you mentioned it. Like just by adding one thing and two things and seeing what works and then having other projects build on top of that, like over time, these things are going to get more secure. And we saw the same thing as traditional finance was building up and as the internet uh, was building up, like security risks way back when uh, were a whole thing. Like it was a lot easier to get a hold of people's information. It was a lot easier to do a lot of things. But you know, as the internet has matured, there is better security practices, whether that's VPN or like, Mal, uh, Malbyte software and all these different things. So I, I like the analogy. Yeah. No, I, I'm excited about what you're building and, and kind of, I'm curious, just, you know, you've been around, you know, like you said, since 2012. So you've seen the bull markets, the bear markets and back again. And, you know, where, you know, where are we at right now? Again, you know, late October, um, the halving is coming up in about six months. Um, where do you kind of see this market you know, trending towards. And again, nothing that we say or you say is going to be financial advice. We just want to get your opinions. Right. I feel like there's never some sort of like scientific way to know the best way to really judge these things is really just to feel it and just to be like watching everything and being part of all these communities and just sort of like feel how the sentiment shifts. And it does feel like it's sort of warming up right now. And people are sort of ready to be like, on the lookout for like the next new cool project that they want to be a part of or that they want to invest in. And, uh, you know, it's always so hard to know and that can always turn at any point, but I am really optimistic. It does feel like everyone out there is sort of like getting more optimistic. And there's also, you know, the macro climate, it feels like interest rates are now at the top. Like economists think, you know, the fed is going to bring interest rates down. That'll be something that just, puts more money flowing back in the economy and that means crypto going up as well and uh mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i it's it's feeling good yeah a lot of this is a gut feel i mean ask a lot of the asset managers and stuff you know you could feel when uh the market starts to shift i actually read a an excerpt from george soros that he's like before i would even logically come to a conclusion about you know, where the market was going, I would physically like feel it in my gut. Fish. He said something like he would get sick the night before something that you know, the market start to come Fish. down. And 
I'm like, yeah, that he, he's just he's become one with the market. Um, I think it makes crazy, a lot but... of sense. <laughs> yeah, it's since it's such a human thing, you know, like a market is really just many humans sort of like trying to figure out what reality is like, is this valuable? Is this not valuable? Like, what are other people thinking? Like, everyone's feeling all these feelings and trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, if you're feeling something, there's a good chance that other people are feeling the same way. And so if you're feeling good, then, you know, the market is probably feeling good and ready to invest more. And if you're feeling scared, you know, other people are probably trying to pull out and yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like a, if you look at a price chart, it's really, like you said, a graph of human emotion over time. Because if you think about it, prices are just people and people are prices. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, the only time a, 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 an asset moves is because some person wants to buy or wants to sell. And sure, maybe it's a, it's a bot that a person coded you know, to, to buy at this point or sell at this point, but it's still at the end of the day, you know, an expression of, of some kind of humanity behind it. Um, it's crazy. True. No, I love it. Um, look, Matt, before we let you go, um, I just wanted to ask, you know, a quick question based on, you know, all the people that you've kind of run into um, in the Cosmos ecosystem, who else is like, you know, super noteworthy? Who's a good, strong leader that you would kind of recommend people go and, you know, maybe watch them on YouTube or, you know, who do you like in the in the Cosmos ecosystem? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one who comes to mind who already, you know, a lot of people look up to is Sonny Agarwal, who's the founder of Osmosis. And he's mm. just, I think, I really like his opinions on things and he's well-spoken. He's also sort of a Bitcoin maximalist. Like he has, I think he has like Bitcoin in his Twitter bio or something. And uh, <laughs> he's just, you know, I think, He's a good one to watch if you're looking for someone in Cosmos. Love it. And uh, for, for all those folks who are out there who are listening, and maybe this is the first crypto podcast they've ever even heard, um, what would you kind of give advice to uh, a young, bright-eyed, uh, eager crypto investor coming from a, uh, a veteran? See, I don't know that I'm the best crypto investor in the world. I think <laughs> I'm just you know, driven by the technology and stuff, but I think the times where things have paid off the best for me are just when I've followed my curiosity, uh, mm. where there might be some project where it's like, oh, that's a good idea. Like, I want to learn more about that. I think that's the best way uh, where, you know, don't just take what other people say and like take their opinion, but follow like what you think, like, hmm, this might be interesting. And maybe other people, like maybe no one else cares about some project yet, but it's interesting to you. I think that's a really good sign and that's something to follow. So that would be my advice. Follow your curiosity. I think that's great advice. What do you think, Brendan? <laughs> I mean, Matt, you're messing with all the stuff that we like over here. You're touching <laughs> Bitcoin, Cosmos, DeFi. I, for one, am excited for you. Yeah. No. This cool. Thank you so much. Matt, yeah. Uh, we hope to uh, we hope to have you back again sometime soon. We'd love to you know keep diving into Turbo Fish, um, but until then, uh, we wish you and the community all the best, and we look forward to seeing all of your successes here in the near future. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Brendan. This was fun. So thanks. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.